Now, look, it's been a bad day for the government uh, regarding vaccine mandates. You would have heard this afternoon it was announced a massive win in the court. Uh, for those who challenged the vaccine mandates, the High Court in Wellington ruled that the mandates were not reasonable or justified in a free and democratic society. A fellow by, by the name of Ryan Yardley, a detective senior sergeant who had lost his job, challenged uh, the mandate and he won. Uh, they said that the law was... Um, uh, over the top. It was a big stick being used. But that's not the only vaccine mandate story that they had problems with over the course of today. All the way through the provision of the or the installation of the vaccine mandates, the government has always said that their vaccine mandates would affect 40% of the workforce. Well, it turns out that's not right. And a man who decided to do some snooping around and some crunching of the figures and some official information requests was Brad Olson, who's the principal economist from Infometrics. Hello, Brad. Good evening. So it's not 40%. What is it? It's in fact 30%. And uh, the government did realise this uh, in the officials' offices towards the end of last year. Um, it didn't seem to be something that was particularly well communicated out. In fact, I'd never heard. Uh, about this figure, which is why I asked. I was trying to figure out, look, you know, we talk about 40%. How have we made those numbers up? How, how do we know who's being covered there and what's the government using for its basis? So this is, in my mind, important information uh, to get out there. By the government's numbers, around about 15% of the workforce, uh, just over uh, 400,000 workers were covered through the initial uh, mandates for the likes of MIQ workers, border workers, corrections, education and health. Uh, and then going forward, there was an extra uh, additional 15% of the workforce covering the likes of tertiary education, some of your health and fitness uh, occupations, uh, events, accommodation, food services and close proximity businesses. So you're all up talking just over 800,000 workers. And I think, Andrew, the important thing here is that, roughly speaking, for every job that is or has been covered by a government mandate, two jobs aren't. So there's still a significant amount mm. of scope for jobs that aren't covered by the mandate. Yes, uh, that, that is a point. Many people believe that the mandate is far more widespread than it really is. But yeah, but anyway, 15% plus 15% equals 30 and not 40. And what I really find amazing from this story is we're talking about people who are supposed to be experts, who are looking into everything, doing the research, they're well paid. Uh, they are advising governments badly. But it's not just a little badly. The difference between 40 and 30 is immense. So if they get this so wrong, what else could they be getting so wrong? Look, to be fair to the government officials, I think uh, you know they were working under some pretty intense time pressures. I'm surprised though because this 30% number is better news for them, if you will, than 40%. It reflects, like I said, a smaller proportion of the workforce being covered by a mandate. And I would have thought that they might, want to, uh, might have wanted to correct the record and uh, talk about this figure a lot more because for months we've been talking about 40%. It's all uh, we've ever really had on record. We never got a breakdown of the figures. Uh, but yeah, surprised that the government didn't want to, to correct the record and make themselves and, and highlight you know, what is effectively a better number with fewer people across the economy uh, having to be covered by this mandate because it is a significant difference. The difference between 30 and 40% uh, you know, really does change, change the figures quite substantially. We're talking a, a significant number of people here. Yeah, absolutely. Hi, thank you, Brad. Uh, meanwhile, how do you reckon the economy's going? Just a brief, quick one, because we've got a war happening and we've got all sorts of stuff happening. We've had an incredible reporting season as well uh, for a hermit kingdom that's not doing too, uh, too well. We're actually doing quite well with our corporate results. You've got a Friday gut feel for me? 
Look, I feel like that particularly the end of last year was actually a pretty strong burst of activity. We had retail trade figures out today that indicated uh, that people were getting out and spending at the end of the year. I think what we've seen, though, is that although the New Zealand economy had a very determined effort to try and get you know, the rebound going at the end of 2021, start of this year, this Omicron outbreak, the war overseas, all the challenges we're facing do suggest we're in for a still rocky road, and I think there'll be a patch of weakness over the next few months. But those figures at the end of last year do give me confidence that once we get through to sort of May, June this year, I do think we've got a, a good potential to bounce back again. Oh, you're making me smile, Brad Olson. You can come on anytime you like. Brad Olson, the Infometric Principal uh, Economist.